You're listening to The Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Manek. The 0-1. High fly ball to deep left field. Back to the wall. Makes the moment again. Astros lead in the night. Just as we were... CSs might be sweeps or pretty short series, five, maximum six games. The Houston Astros have turned the ALCS on its head. They now lead 3-2, one game away from the World Series after falling behind two games to none at home at Minute Maid Park earlier in the week. And give kudos to the Arizona Diamondbacks because they're also level with the Philadelphia Phillies after losing their first two games. Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun on the Blue Jays beat and obviously on the Major League Baseball beat joins us here on the Sport Market and on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Rob, first of all, were you thinking a couple of days ago that this postseason was just being way too efficient for Major League Baseball and that they might not get what they want, which, of course, is as much media time and fan engagement time as possible? I certainly was. It was starting to look that way, Tom, except for one thing. I mean, of all the major pro sports in North America, there's there's no postseason that's more volatile and unpredictable unpredictable than Major League Baseball. And it was almost too good to be true that it was it was following that script that the that the favorites were were winning those series and were likely going to uh, headed towards anyway having a short league championship series and and getting on to the World Series. But uh, um, you know that's why we hear general managers from across baseball all year long saying you just have to get in and you have a chance. And certainly recent history over the last three or four playoffs in Major League ba- Baseball have, has proven that. What has surprised you the most about the MLB postseason so far? I would have to say the Diamondbacks. Um, you know, they're a team that, that uh, we're, we're sort of a middling team for much of the season and, you know, are the true upstarts of, of this postseason. And I think zooming out and, 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 and taking a broader look, it's, it's how much um, power is playing. Uh, the home run ball is, is, is critical and, you know, as we tra- transition to talk about the Blue Jays a little later on, um, that was certainly something that was lacking with the Toronto Ball Club. And all these remaining four teams ha- have the power to go deep and have been doing it uh, quite regularly this postseason. You know, and that's and that's maybe an early transition to the Jays, and we'll bounce around a little bit here. But when you compare what the power hitters, what the what the vaunted offensive contributors have done, especially for the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, uh, where the Dodgers' big stars they basically didn't show up in the way that they they're accustomed to over the course of the last uh, the last decade. Uh, it's also really what plagued the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, where the team has been built around, didn't really show up for the for the wild card series. Yeah, and you know, and I think that was I think it raised a few eyebrows last off season, right around this time actually, when Blue Jays general manager Ross Atkins essentially made the declaration that um, you know we're going to transition to making sure we have one of the best pitching teams in the league and one of the best defensive teams in the league and and will sacrifice some offense to do it um, by getting rid of Lourdes Goriel Jr., who, of course, has played a role with the Diamondbacks and Teoscar Hernandez. Um, 
at the time, it seemed to make sense because the the general feeling was that there was enough offense on that Toronto team to carry carry them anyway. And as the season played out, you know, pitching and defense were certainly the strengths of the of the Blue Jays, but offense was lacking, uh, particularly in critical times and partic- particularly in power situations. And it couldn't be in more contrast to what we're seeing by the teams that are doing well this postseason. We're talking to Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun, talking the business of the MLB playoffs and postseason, and also the business of the offseason for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, It's been 10 days now, almost two weeks, since Ross Atkins had what would have to rank as one of the, let's say, more awkward media conferences in Blue Jays history. Uh, Certainly, there was a lot of moving parts, a lot of intensity around uh, the presentation and what he said and what he didn't say, who he hung out to dry and who he didn't hang out to dry. Um, Has that significantly retreated to the back of uh, of the clubhouse or has the damage been done and it will affect the off season even as a context setter moving forward? I have to believe, Tom, that, that, you know, reparations going to have to be done in the off season, and I don't see a way where it can't uh, hinder some of the things this team is going to want to do. Yeah. Uh, particularly when you look at entering the free agent market again with with some sort of aggression, because they're going to have four or five new bodies that they're going to have to acquire. Now, having said that, um, the Blue Jays have a good rep- reputation around Major League Baseball for some of the things that they do right. They have one of the elite uh, player development complexes down in Dunedin, Florida. Um, they're well known for taking great care of families that come up here to Toronto and, and help, help families tra- uh, transition into the, to the Canadian culture. So that reputation is there. However, baseball players talk a lot, and, and there was certainly a disgruntled segment in, in the Toronto Blue Jays clubhouse, not just for the decision to take Jose Barrios out of the game, but the way that it was handled prior to, during, and after and that was only exacerbated by the way that uh, Ross Atkins handled himself. And, and what, as you suggested, Tom, was one of the uh, wildest uh, press conferences that, that I've ever attended in terms of the way that he was defensive. Um, maybe it was just too fresh. The team had only arrived back in Toronto the previous the, uh, on Thursday night, and this press conference took place on Saturday. And it, it, it was clear to me, anyway, that, that Ross Atkins was somewhat wounded at, at that time and, and still... perhaps to the team's detriment because it certainly didn't play well in terms of the way the media handled it um, for good reason. And it will be interesting to see how much it lingers into the offseason. Can he make things good moving forward? And what does he have to do to make things good? I think one of the main things that this front office has to do, and he acknowledged it to his credit, as did Mark Shapiro in his season-ending uh, press gathering and essentially um, the lines of communication have to be stronger and I think perhaps most importantly um, there's going to have to be a real strong en- endorsement of, of manager John Schneider beyond just saying that he's going to be back for next season which he's already done I think it's going to have to be made clear that John Schneider is the man who makes the call on the field he's the leader of the team he's the leader of the clubhouse he is he is a key decision maker in the entire process because right now, uh, right or wrong, the perception is that that he is just uh, 
a pigeon for what the front office wants to do. And, um, you know, I, I think that's unfair on both ends. It's a little bit unfair to what the baseball operations uh, department does. And it's a little bit unfair to, to John Schneider, who's got a little bit of old school manager in him, but his, but has to operate under the, uh, the, the new ways that uh, that baseball front offices operate. But I think it's going to be very important that he has a strong endorsement for, from the front office. And I think that would go a long way to repairing some of the, uh, the, the uh, lack of confidence in, in the clubhouse because players that I've talked to both on and off the record have were dumbfounded by what happened. And, and, and again, more, more so for the way that it was handled before and after. Uh, you know, Berrios, one of those that requires a lot of rationale, a lot of um, wound healing, in my view. He handled it complete with complete class, but there's just no way that he feels better about being a Blue Jay after being taken out when he was bringing his A game in that wild card series. We've got to- uh, Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun talking Jays and talking MLB postseason on the business side. If you succeeded Ross Atkins as general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, what would be your single biggest priority of the offseason? I think I think you really have to worry about, uh, well, two things. Um, one, you have to get a, a, a quality veteran third baseman somehow. I mean, I think we've seen Davis Snyder could move in and, and be at, le- at the at the very least a utility man, but you know, just because he had a month a, a month of outstanding play in the big leagues doesn't mean that he's ready to handle the hot corner. So that would be one priority. But I think the top priority, Tom, would be to get some power back, to get some guys that can that are proven hitters. Um, and I suspect there's going to be some changes to the coaching staff, and and in particular the uh, the hitting coaches. Um, it's the they're the easy culprit when things don't go well, but it, but it's clear that they're going to have to do the Blue Jays are going to, have to do something to to regenerate what was one of the best offenses in baseball as recently as, as two seasons ago. So priority priority number one for me as the new general manager is to to get some of those runs back because um, you know as much as the team is in terms of the business of sport, Tom, we're well aware that this team has got a huge constituency from coast to coast in this country. But in a lot of ways, um, the 2023 version, version was, was not overly likable. And, and what I mean by that was there were so many close games. Um, there were so many games where they could not score runners. Their, their, their performance with runners in scoring uh, position was deplorable. Um, and, and that's not fun baseball to watch. The, the teams from 2021 and 2022 were great teams to watch in that regard. They were exciting. They scored a lot of runs. Yeah, they may have given up a lot of runs too and made some some defensive blunders in the infield and the outfield, but they were a lot of fun to watch. Home runs are fun. Scoring is fun. It's fun in any sport, and I you know you know I think that's uh, that's an issue that that has to be addressed. And the, the simplest way is, is to get some guys who can swing the bat in and 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 get some more pop overall to that offense. Do you think there is a Teoscar Hernandez two point uh, I don't, I'm not so sure that he would come back to Toronto. I think that, uh, I think that Blue Jays, the Blue Jays coaching staff and not, and, and management and not without reason were concerned about some of the inconsistencies with him as, as much as he was a popular guy with the fans and a popular player in that clubhouse and a guy with some great pop. I mean, he could go through some really long periods of struggle at the plate and, and a uh, lack of concentration in the field. He wasn't a very reliable outfielder and, you know, when they talked about um, improving pitching and defense, uh, the outfield defense was one of the key priorities. 
And in getting Dalton Varsho, they did just that. Uh, unfortunately, they, they had hoped and expected that Dalton Varsho would provide a little bit more offense. And young player that he is, that could still come around. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. would be, or, or sorry, Teoscar Hernandez would be a, a fit for, for the Blue Jays. Um, getting a little longer in the tooth, a uh, free agent is likely going to be looking for a multi-year deal. And, and I really can't see a situation where the Jays bite on that. Rob, so appreciate it. On our way out the door, want to ask you who wins the World Series twenty twenty three. I think I'm going to go with the Phillies. You know, I think they're, they're they're a team that is is peaking at the right time. I love the way they're managed. You know, we talk about we talked a lot about uh, managing baseball games early in this conversation, and the Canadian Rob Thompson is to me the perfect blend of old school and, and analytics, and and knows when to when to push the button at the right time. They're a team that's pitching well, and they're a team that's that's hitting spectacularly well, and I think that, that they would be my choice to win at this point. So appreciate you taking time out to be with us. We'll look forward to checking in with you again real soon. Enjoy the off season. We'll be following all your stuff at the Toronto Sun, and I look forward to getting back on the sport market. Sounds great. Thanks, Tom. Have hey, all, all the best. He is Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun, talking Jays, talking MLB postseason. Next up, we finish strong with hot stuff. The biggest, hottest selling jerseys in the NFL so far this season. That's next, right here on the Sport Market on the Sportsnet Radio Network and the Sport Market Radio Network.